0: This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to church today. Uh, If we've not had the pleasure of meeting, my name is Landon, and my wife Kelly and I have the huge honor of pastoring this church, and we're so glad to see you today at church. And if it's your first Sunday here, a big welcome, church, come on, give a big, loud hello to those that are here for the first time. Glad to have you at church today. Uh, if, when you walked in the worship center door, you were given a worship guide. Inside that worship guide is a connection card. And Kelly and I would love to send you a letter, tell you hello, thank you for coming, and give you some next steps should you choose to take them. So sometime between now and the end of the service, uh, fill that out, and the same smiling faces that... Gave it to you, we'll take it from you um, on the way out the door today. I'm really glad to see everybody today, and I just want to tell you something uh, really exciting. This Thursday is January 11th, and that means, technically, um, that this Thursday, the church turns nine years old this Thursday, so happy birthday, Uh, an incredible that God has done. And those that have been here from day one, you're like, amen to that. Like God has seen us through nine years, six venue changes. Only one of those were our decision. Uh, And God has definitely been um, faithful, faithful, faithful. And all the the old timers in the room say, amen. You've been, been here from day one. You're like, no, I see it. God's hand has been on all of it. And uh, when Kelly and I drive up to the building on Sundays and just see smiling faces doing God's work, it is truly, uh, truly a miracle. Uh, today being the first Sunday of the new year, we usually do something we call Vision Sunday, uh, and that is happening today, and one might expect us to attempt to rally the troops uh, toward a common goal uh, on a year for the year based on some strategic meetings and events and objectives and uh, all of that, and yes, all of that has happened. And those strategic objectives and things certainly do exist, and those have been being planned for the last four months. And we've got big goals for the year as the Church of Jesus Christ. And today's Vision Sunday, though, has been given a specific direction. Um, as I was preparing for the message today, it, it's you know my ninth Vision Sunday to deliver the sermon for. And, and I just felt something different, and, and I've learned to, uh, to listen to that a little bit more. And so today is Vision Sunday, but it's not exactly what you might be thinking. You might be thinking, hey, he's going to tell us what we're charging the hill for. We're all going to cheerily get excited, and leave here jazz." I hope that still happens, but it's going to just happen in a little bit of a different way. But before we get to that, I want to tell you today actually does begin something we've also been doing for nine years called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. That starts today. So if you've not ever been a part of that, uh, welcome to one of the greatest spiritual beginnings of your year. Um, This is a powerful thing. Churches all over the country do it, um, and we have been doing it for nine years, In fact, some of you are here because someone prayed for you during that time. And some of you are here because you were praying during that time and asking God for direction. And um, miracles happen, everybody. Somebody say amen to that. Like, this is, we've heard God speak loud and clear in those times, and this year will be no different. And so, online, there's a resource page. Uh, Just click the button on the homepage, it'll take you there. All the resources. Uh, information about fasting, what type of fast might you want to do, and some helpful messages and devotionals that will be given to you daily, um, written and prepared um, by a lot of our team, and you'll receive those every day. And so it is a powerful thing to do. So we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But make plans to uh, be part of 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Being that it's the new year, you hear a lot about New Year's resolutions, and we—I was Kelly and I were at home, uh, and we were watching the the San Antonio, you know, uh, version of New, you know, Dick Clark's New Year's Eve, which is way worse than Dick Clark's New Year's Eve. Uh, but we were watching it, and as painful as it was, it was like, well, it's local. We're going to watch it. So we're watching it, um, and they're waiting for the, you know, the ball to drop. This band was playing. The mayor came out and did all his talking, and um, and then we were just listening to them talk about what their resolutions were, and. And I was in the middle of, like, really wrestling with this message today. And I was like, then it kind of perked me up. I was listening to what the world says resolutions are to be. And one guy literally said, I'm just going to try not to drink so much. I'm like, well, that's just a good idea. That doesn't mean it's a resolution. Like, you should just calm it down anyway. I, like, but I was thinking through the, what resolution. Well, resolution is just a, it's a resolve to decide not to do or to do certain things or activities or have a goal for that. And we know that most people give up on it by Valentine's Day. It's over 90% of people give up on the resolution by Valentine's well, Day. I mean, if it was a resolution, there's a resolve there. Resolve doesn't quit in six weeks. Like So that's obviously it wasn't a resolution. It was just a cool idea. It was a goal, something they wanted. And so if, we've, if you've got resolutions, that's great. I don't think it's a bad idea. But where did it come from? Where did the resolution come from? Because most of the time resolutions are inadequate. They're, they're fueled most of the time by self-will. And so they, they, it runs out of gas. I don't know about you, I don't have a, a, enough self-will to like go at anything. I need somebody to help me. I need Jesus to help me. Like we need something else fueling a lot of these decisions. And I wonder if instead, what if we asked what God is doing this year and how can I be involved? What if we asked, where is God growing me? What if we asked, how can I hear him better? Because I believe that every resolution you're wa- that you're, you're wanting to have for this year, and every goal you have, as great as they are, all of those things can be talked to or dealt with by answering those three questions. Because if you learn to hear God better, and you know where God's growing you, and you're participating with what God's doing... All of the desires of your heart begin to be fulfilled, is what Scripture says. And so we got to dig into that a little bit. I think we're coming at it backwards, is what I'm trying to say. And so we wanna, I want to reset that a little bit. What would our families, what would our homes, what would our cubicles look like if just the people that were here on Sunday morning today began to ask those three questions? And yes, we all want certain things. We all want to be hit a financial goal, or we want to lose a certain amount of pounds, or we want to, whatever the goal is, those things are incredible, but why? And um, what's fueling it? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and I want to share with you a brief thought that I really felt like was from the Lord for you, for me. Because before God preaches it through me, he's got to preach it to me. And it, you know, it, gets, it hits me and Kelly first. And it's, and, it, and it's a wallop because I have to sit there and think about it. Um, and really think about what God is trying to say. And today for Vision Sunday, I want to speak with you about finishing. Finishing. Because finishing is greater than starting. Um, we can all have a Deion Sanders Coach Prime kind of spiritual life. Start off strong and fizzle out all the way through and end up a disgrace at the end of the year, or we can be stable, methodical, strategic. I wonder if you and I could talk today about finishing. Somebody say, I want to finish strong. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to. I'm going to finish strong. I'm going to finish strong. Today we're going to talk about leadership, personal leadership. We're going to talk about determination, surrender, focus. I have this quote I found. It was in one of my notebooks from Bible College in 2004. And I thought about this quote, and I thought about the man who gave the quote and the, the ministry that he led. And, and they were very focused on fasting and their staff uh, all fasted together the first three days of every month, water only the first three days of every month. Um, and they weren't allowed to come to the office, no meetings. It was just fasting and prayer for three days every month. Um, and and he, I, I started thinking of this guy. I've had thought about him since 2004. And I went digging through paper and found the notebook in the church office somewhere under a stack of growth track stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I found it and I read it. I want I want to read this to you guys because I think this is exactly what we need to start off with. The nature of the enemy's warfare. Because the devil doesn't come up with bright lights and boisterous. No, he's well calculated and subtle. And so he says the enemy's warfare in your life is to cause you to become, say it out loud, discouraged, and to cast away your say it again, confidence. So he wants to get you discouraged. Because if you just have resolutions by Valentine's Day, you're discouraged because you've already given up. You feel like a quitter. We're not even in the second quarter of the year. So what can we do to fix that? Well, it's a perspective shift and and a, a vision shift. And he says, not that you would necessarily discard your salvation, but you could give up your hope in God, in God's deliverance, in God's timing. Just imagine, anything God's in control of, you could give up hope in. Anybody ever been there? you felt hopeless, you felt despondent, you're like, man, God doesn't see me. He's not going to come through on this. I don't know what to do, feel alone. Then he says, the enemy wants to numb you into a coping kind of Christianity that has given up hope of seeing God's resurrection power. And before we talk about like our ideas of our resolutions, like what we, what we want God to do, we need to ask, God, what are you doing? And how can I keep myself from letting the enemy turn me into a numb, methodical Christian, mechanical? If we're not to have a robotic kind of faith, but a vibrant, exciting faith, how do we start this year differently maybe than we've started other years? If the enemy's goal is to numb you, to take away your hope, to take away your confidence, then everything else you've planned starts to fall too. you got to have hope in God and his deliverance and his timing and trust in that and confidence in him and his plan. So before we uh, jump, jump in head first, put your hand over your heart and let me pray for you. Father, every person in this room is here on purpose, for a purpose. You brought them here. It's your church. They're your people. You did that. And God, I know you've already been opening up their hearts and their minds for some of us even weeks before this moment. So God, in this holy moment from this sacred place, we ask that we would be attentive, that our hearts and minds would be wide open and that any confusion would be removed, that we would leave here with clear instruction from you and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you, but... I don't want to be numb. Raise your hand if you don't want to be numb. Look at your neighbor and say, "I'm not going to be numb. I don't want you to be numb. You ever gone on a date that was super boring? You don't want your faith like that. You don't want your faith like that. You don't, you don't, you don't want a, a faith that is mechanical and boring and lifeless. We're looking for a vibrant Christianity. So I'll say it this way: I want more in 24. Anybody else agree? Somebody say amen. amen. Louder than that, say amen. amen. Now, I want to tell you, like, we're, we're going for more in 24. More. We are, you're going to have to help me here, we're going to soar in 24. I'm getting up off the floor in 24. God's church is going to score in 24. My Bible pages be getting war in 24. Somebody say amen to that one. God's got great things in store. Come on in 24. Look at all you preachers in the seats. The line of Judah is going to roar in 24. Man, have mercy. The Holy Spirit going to pour in 24. We're gonna walk further into what we're here for in 24. The devil's getting kicked out the door in 24. And I just kept typing, I just kept going. There's promises to explore in 24. I'm not focused on Swift or Kelsey or Barry Moore in 24. I'm focused on a full bore, get in the water and off the shore, devil not holding me back anymore, I'm not hiding in that sycamore, I'm mando me Salvador kind of faith in 2024. Where's everybody at today? It's a new beginning for you today. It doesn't have to be like last year. It' have to be boring. It doesn't have to be stuck. It doesn't have to be visionless. It can be different. God is up to something. I don't want to be numb. I want to finish the year, not just start the year. I want to have a faith that focuses and holds steady, no matter what 2024 brings. I want a faith that thrives and has a trajectory and refuses to live accidentally, but lives on purpose. So how can we thrive and not fall into a coping kind of Christianity? Because our hearts can say, I, I want a thriving faith. I want it so bad. But there's no plan to do that, and it, it falters and begins to fade. So three truths for more in 24. Come on, we're going for more. I got more for more. I got lots more. But I only have 40 minutes. So let's keep going. Number one, you got to recognize your calling. Like, oh, yeah, I'm called. I'm called. No, no, no. Not your individual. Like, I'm called to do this thing. Recognize our calling. Let me explain. As Christians, we are called according to his purposes. You are a called person. You are a called person. The word "calling," for some reason, has been tied to ministerial vocation, especially in Westernized Christianity. I like, go, "Oh, they're called." Well, we're all called. Just some of us are up here, some of us are down there, some of us are out there, some of us are holding babies, some of us are—we're all called. We're all called. It's just—it's a different. Uh, section of the calling we all have the same calling we all have the same purpose here and we are we need to begin to find that things are working in our favor this year and and I'm telling you how many of you want some favor from the Lord in your year this year you want some favor from God in your year Man, and you're probably thinking, man, I need some favor in this area, this area, this area, my marriage, my finances, kids, whatever, job, like I need some favor there. Well, let's read how we can get that. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love God. And a lot of times we stop there. I've even met some people who don't know there's another part of the verse because the church they grew up in didn't read the second part. But there's a big and in this verse. Everything works together for the good to those who love him. And means you gotta have both, it doesn't say or. It says and are, say it out loud, called according to their own opinions. (laughs) and are called according to his purposes. Wow. Voice translation says it this way. We are confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work something good and beautiful when we love him and accept his invitation to live according to his plan. I think a lot of us don't see the favor of God in our life because, yes, we love God, but I wonder if sometimes we just love the idea of not going to hell. That doesn't mean we love God. When we love God, that other part of that verse, that big and, when we really love God, we're like, no, his purposes, my opinions are dead. His purposes matter more, and I'm going to flow into that. I'm going to cooperate with that. I'm going to move into what he has to say. The word called literally means a setting forth. It literally means a a the will, the plan, the purpose. Like we what is he setting forth? How many of you believe God's got something set forth for you this year? There's something be, you're going to be in December of next year and we're going to be doing Christmas Eve again at church. We're going to be we're going to be and you're going to be wondering you're going to be looking up and going, "Look what God has done." And if that's going to happen, then we got to understand where we're going here. Our lives have purpose and we'll have a joy when we when we accept the invitation to passionately pursue his plan not just our ideas not, it's his plan it's his plan and somebody told me the other day like I just can't wait till I retire and I was like well you're 37 <laughs> um you know ways to go uh, and and I said, well, why why are you saying that? And they're like, I'm just you know tired of being around people. I was like, oh, well, um, I, they're not going anywhere. I said, so what what is your retirement? And we were just like shooting the breeze. we were, we were at a restaurant. We were just talking. Our families were together, and and I can't take the oppor- I can't not take the opportunity to poke a bear when I see a bear. So I saw a bear, so I just started poking it. And I said, well what does retirement look like for you then? They're like, I just can't wait to either be on a beach or be on a mountain, and all that's there is me and God and his creation. So I was like, so you're saying you want to abdicate all of the spiritual responsibility God's given you to affect other people's lives so you can be comfortable and die alone? Dinner was over at that point, and I think that we all have ideas, but they're not God's idea. I wanna die serving God. Whether I'm paid to do this or not, I'm dead, God's alive. My opinions are dead, it's his will in my life. And I wonder if you and I have been torn away from the word and God's plan by entertainment and good ideas, because to finish well, we have to recognize that our calling is as followers of Christ. Like we are all in the same boat. I'm just the guy with the microphone. We are all in the same place. It's about his word, his church, his people, his plan. Look what Martin Luther said. All the cunning of the devil is exercised in trying to tear us away from the word. Everything, because the word is life. The word is the foundation of life. Why do you think the devil is attacking the validity of the word? Because it is the foundation of everything we do. So if you want to cooperate and be invited into this calling, you can do that tonight at 5 o'clock. You can do it this afternoon at 5. And growth track is not just something we do to tell you information. It gets people moving forward. Moving in the right Like stepping forward, moving in the right direction. And, and, and we'll be there, Kelly and I will be there, staff will be there, leaders will be there. We got food for you and your kids, your kids will have a blast. And I promise you this, I promise you, that you will not regret making an investment in your life to make a spiritual step forward. And God will see that and honor that. And you will have favor in your life when you love God and are called according to his Purposes And today you have a great opportunity to be called, to cooperate in that calling. And somebody say amen to that. Just sign up online, let us know you're coming so we got enough chicken. Number two, know the contest is coming. The contest. Landon, what contest? Look what David Campbell said. The devil won't bother you when you're living in sin and mediocrity. The devil bothers you when you're trying to get out. You got to know the contest is coming. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to, and they're like, "I just thought that when I gave Jesus my whole life, that things would begin to go better." I'm like, "Who told you that? What TV preacher told you that?" Like when God wants your life to be significant, and will there be battles? Absolutely. But right now, small battles feel like Defcon Five to you. But eventually, a big battle, you're like, "God's got it." It's a different type of perspective, a different type of look. A contest is coming. But we can't live a mediocre faith to avoid contest. Because the devil, by the way, he's not a, he's not a creator. He was created. And he's not omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He can't be everywhere all the time. It's it's he's not God. He wanted to be God. But he's not God. And so he has a a plan for you just like God does. But he's, he's going to only send his resources to where they're needed the most. And when you're trying to get out, those resources are needed there. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to embolden you. That submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. He's a defeated foe. Old school Carmen tapes from the 90s will tell you that. When the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his future. There's there's nothing he can do to stop you and God. Somebody say amen. That's good news. The devil knows he can't take you out, so he'll try to wear you out. He can't take you out. He can't do that. He's not... Powerful like that. He doesn't have the ability to do that. Why? Because you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you, and all of hell's resources cannot overpower heaven's resources in you and around you. He can't take you out. So He's gonna wear you out. There's gonna be those weeks where all of your tires go flat. There's gonna be those weeks where all of your kids act like demons. It's gonna happen. You're like, it was today. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it. There's going to be those days where you're not getting along with your spouse and you're wondering what's happening. There's going to be those days where you're wondering if this job isn't working for you anymore because you hate waking up in the morning. All of those things God already knows, stay submitted and connected and you'll get through that and you'll come out the other side better than the way you walked into it. He can't create anything, so he's going to confuse it. So, we have to see that our relationships, our truth, the, cir- the circumstances, he's going to try to confuse all of that and mix it up and get you stuck in analysis. And then you just start letting stuff happen to you and then just try to deal with the fallout. That's no way to live. We're not reactive Christians, we're proactive disciples. And we are going to make a plan. So, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Look what Tucker Max says. The devil doesn't come dressed in a red cape and pointy horns. He comes dressed in everything you've ever wished for. The retirement story I just told you. How many amazing people of God has the devil taken out with a lounge chair? I wonder if the reason we want that kind of life is because our life right now isn't submitted and organized. Because if the life right now was the life you were called to live, you wouldn't want it to end. There's there's something about this year that's different. And guys, I'm telling you, I wrestle with this message because I could get up here and just tell you all of the goals the church has and I'm really trying hard not to tell you all of them because they're awesome. And you leave here going, oh my God, this is a great year but then you have no internal fuel to be a part of it. And so I I, I couldn't get up here and do that. To me, it felt like sin. And I know that sounds strange, but I couldn't do that. There was a different assignment for today. So I gotta ask you this question. What is your spiritual plan for the year? It's the only way you won't get distracted is if you have a plan. You have a plan, like Kelly and I have very specific financial plans. And Caitlin, the other day, my truck was doing something weird. She's like, you need a new truck. like, no, I don't. And she was like, well, so-and-so's dad got a new truck. I'm like, it's a Dodge. How dare you? (laughs) Do you know me at all? I was like, no. Um, But we, I was like, no, I'm going to drive this until the wheels fall off, Caitlin. It's not going anywhere. I, I just, like, without a goal, though, I'm like, you know, I do need a new truck. I deserve one, you know, whatever. Like we get really distracted. We look up, we're in debt, we financed a mattress, and we're like, how did that happen? We we have to have specific goals for life, but especially spiritually. What are your spiritual goals for the year? Hearing God better? Having deeper relationships within God's church? Those are all those are great goals. How do we do that? Without a vision, though, it's not gonna happen. Look at Proverbs 29:18. When there's no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere to God's instruction know the thing we all want. Genuine happiness. A lot different than circumstantial happiness. Genuine happiness. The word perish. In some translations, it's, it's run wild. My favorite one, though, is cast off restraint. When we don't have direction from God, we're just unrestrained. We're buying everything, doing everything, saying everything, scrolling everything. We look up. We're tired. We've got a crick in our neck. Now we've got to go to the chiropractor. That was another 100 bucks. And we look up. We're like, all these things. And then we got a million prayer requests and no progress. Can this year be different? Absolutely it can. If we are hearing God and have a spiritual plan for our lives. I'm telling you personally, every time I've not had a plan, it never went well. <laughs> Anybody else? You didn't have a plan, it didn't go well. You didn't have a plan, you wasted a lot of money, you spent a lot of time on things you shouldn't be doing. Or, and they might have been good things, but they weren't God's things. The message translation from Eugene Peterson says, If people can't see what God's doing, then they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Let's go for most blessed, everybody. Anybody else want most blessed? Come on, say, I want most blessed. I'm going for most blessed this year. I don't want to go for baby blessed. I want most blessed. I want to end this year spiritually fat and happy. I want most blessed. And that doesn't mean you're going to get everything you want. It's not Santa time. Like, it's not, we're not talking about, but most blessed in our perspective, our spirit, our peace, blessed with peace in our souls. So 21 days of prayer, you got to participate in it. Go to the website, ask God, what should I be doing this 21 days? It might be the Daniel fast, which is vegetables and fruit and water, stuff like that for 21 days, and you're just... Take in your mind into a different place. whatever if you do a full fast, we've know some people have done that, it, uh, do a Daniel fast, whatever the case is, I, I believe it's, it's about turning down the volume of everything else, to turn up the volume of heaven. So whatever fast you pick, social media is, obviously, we're all off of it. Well Lena, someone told me, Lana, how's the, my neighborhood going to know what God's doing at our church?" They'll figure it out. Our church grew when I got offline, so I don't know what to tell you. But I do know that it's hard to hear God when everyone else is so loud. And so you will, I promise you, you will never regret forming a spiritual plan and doing it with God's people. You'll never regret that. Never regret it. So to thrive this year, we got to recognize our calling, we got to know the contest is coming and not be afraid of it, but create a spiritual plan and goals. And number three, we have to settle and release the past. we got to settle and release the past. Philippians 3.3 says, brothers and sisters, as Paul's saying, I, I've not achieved all of it yet. I'm a work in progress, in other words, but I am going to focus on one thing. I'm going to forget the past. And I'm gonna look forward to what God has for me this year. I wanna look forward to what lies ahead. So, hear me on this. Rather than live in regret of what you didn't do last year, or rather than focus on what you didn't get right last year, start thanking God that today offers you something better. Today is a golden opportunity to make serious changes. And that's why I love to meditate on this verse at the beginning of every year. Because it presents us with that decision. So let's focus on that part of the verse that says, forgetting what lies behind. In the Greek, that forgetting is a compound word, it's epilanthano, and epi is to turn. Lanthano is the root describing that something is completely finished or obsolete. So when we say forget what lies behind, well, if you're behind me, you could be right here. But when the Greeks said it, in, in, the, in the culture that our Bible was written in, when they said it, it was like, not only just forget what, you know, it's not right here, you gotta put it as far away from you as possible. Not just like, well, I'm gonna forget the old life, but you're like still touching it. It's no, we're, it's to turn and let it go as far, it is obsolete to your future. It's, a, it's, it's got a deeper meaning. When these words are, Put together, it's like what happened to me before is no longer applicable to my trajectory now. I refuse to be dominated by what happened back then. And the word "behind" it's just it's completely relegated to the back. So these these words are showing us that we have the decision today. Like Paul, did, like he's writing a lot of these letters from jail. The dude had been beaten, drugged, behind a horse, horse by his ankles in a dirty street had been flogged, stripped naked, and ran through town, and he's writing that. So if, if the people writing this could say, I'm going to forget all of that, and I'm going to choose to believe what God has for me, and we're moving forward. I'm not looking back. I'm not, I'm not going to walk backwards. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to move forward. And in order to do that, we got to have people around us. You can't do it alone. you got to have people around us. And that's why we do small groups around here. The only way you can settle the past is by having people around you. Well, it's just me and God. No, you go to God for forgiveness, but you go to people for healing. That's what the book of James says. So we talk to each other. We confess our sins one to another. We walk with each other. And in a culture that has fake relationships, how about we as a church build real ones? And we can tell each other the truth and be really good friends and... And, and forgive each other of offenses and walk together as, as humans dedicated to God's, God's word and his church and his people. And we're not turning back to what we were. we're it's a factual thing that no longer controls our emotional stability in the present. But we got to have people around us to do that. The roster for spring small groups goes live January 28th. We do three semesters a year. The spring one is 13 weeks and it starts Uh, The roster goes live at the end of the month. So be ready to get online, take a look at that, and see what God would have you be a part of. So I wrote, like if Philippians 3.13 was written in modern vernacular, I just kind of wrote it out for you. Here's what I wrote down. It's time for you to turn loose of the past. The past is old. The past is obsolete. So why fixate on it any longer? had a, a, a man uh, tell me on the porch a few weeks ago. And it, it really stuck in my mind. I was like, hey, so what is, what is God leading you and your family to? And he said, I, do, I don't know exactly where God's taking me, but I know I can't be thinking the same way I've been thinking. I can't be as isolated as I've been. I can't hide from people like I've been. I can't, I can't lead my family like this anymore. Man, to hear a grown man talk like that, oh, that makes hell mad. I just got to hug him and tell him like that, you don't know how much that blesses me. And even in that moment, I felt more blessed by that one interaction than he probably did my whole sermon that day. I was like, that is incredible. I'm not gonna fixate on the past. Stop turning around to ruminate on the past. Have one guy to tell me, you don't know where I've been, you don't know who I am, you don't know who I've been. Maybe you're there too. But to keep our eyes on the goal before you, which is who? Jesus. Even if, it, even if demands and circumstances push you, recenter, refocus, and start, stay moving forward because the prize goes to those who keep their eyes on the road and don't exit the highway. So we're full speed ahead as a church, together, collectively. And that's incredible that your heart, that our hearts are together. We're all moving forward. We're God's church. But what about you personally? It's easy to hide the personal stuff in the grand scheme of an organization. But today was about what are we doing like internally, though, because it's God's church. He grows it. He's going to handle it. We have nothing to do with that. God brings people here. He brought you to a cafeteria. We couldn't have if I met you at HEB, I couldn't have convinced you to come to a cafeteria today. That was God. He got you here. So He's gonna handle that, but what about the fuel you're starting your year with? What about you as a husband and wife and your your family, the spiritual direction of your family? Who's calling the shots on your kids' midweek activities? What is the focus? What is the direction because the devil comes to steal kill and destroy not toy with and tempt and play games with if he's got a well-calculated subtle plan what about our well-calculated plan to stay spiritually vibrant and focused we know the contest is coming we know we're called according to his purposes we're serving in god's church we're connected to god's people We're going to release the past. We're going to move forward in the right way. We're going to end this year. We're going to finish this year strong, and we're going to hear God better. And, yes, the church is moving forward in a a great pace, like the Capital C Church, all of us together are moving forward in a great pace. And uh, we're on schedule by the end of the month to have the blueprints and the digital renderings for our new building. I want to know what it looks like. Don't you? And so we'll, we'll get to see that. They're flying down here doing a big presentation for uh, us and the team and just showing us and then we get to like tweak things whatever that's happening it's already in the works to hire a full-time next-gen director or pastor we have 180 to 200 children and students and 60 to 80 volunteers in that one department they need a full-time leader so it'll be kind of interesting to have a brand new staff member soon i just wonder where if we could all, like, say, yeah, the church is moving forward. We're doing great things as a church. The Awanas program, you know, is, is going so well and going so well that, and the youth ministry was growing, like, we needed the, and this was always the plan anyway, that for the student ministry to move out of, like, a worship service and go into four different small groups with a once-a-month rally night where they all come back together as a big outdoor party and all that kind of stuff. So they'll be moving to small groups. No more Wednesday nights for the teenagers. And so if you want to open up your home you live in this area, let us know. Um, So we're going to have four, junior high boys, girls, high school boys, girls. And once a month, they all come together. And these kids need a safe place to ask the questions that they can't ask anyone else. And we don't want them Googling the questions they have. So they got to have a safe place. It's hard to do when... I'm, I'm dressed up like Buddy the Elf and we're throwing candy at everybody. So it's a little hard to do that, although it's fun. They'll have fun, the big once a month deal, but we need a safe place for them to have a foundational faith, not just a fun one. And then the kids, the children's department, now they get the whole midweek campus, they get an extra 2,500 square feet on Wednesday nights to add probably 50 more kids to the Awanas program. A worker approved and not ashamed of the gospel. There's a focus to get our kids stabilized in God's word. There's a focus to get you stabilizing God's word. And remember, the devil's cunning is to take you out of it. And if he can take you out of it, he will come disguised as the dreams you've always had. But without the word and without people, sometimes distractions look like God's provision, and it can take you out. And so this year's got to look different. Don't just have a resolution. Have a resolve for a spiritual Focus. And get people around you to help you stay there, and God, it will change the game for you. Everybody, stand to your feet. Ask the team to come out. Prayer partners, go ahead and come on down. We end our service every week with a response time for you to be able to come and respond to the words you just heard. And I think some of us today. Our day might start with receiving Jesus, and maybe you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life before, and perhaps you were sprinkled as a baby or something like that, and those things are great, but that was really a child dedication your parents did, and good for them, that's great, but it certainly wasn't salvation or baptism. Now you have a decision as an adult to say, I and following Jesus, no turning back. And maybe you've not said that with your own mouth, and the Bible's very clear that if we believe it in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And that's how it starts, and then heaven has a party, and the devil gets a black eye, we all leave here pumped because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and the hell lost another one. That can happen today. And maybe you've been saved before, and 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 you've walked away from the faith and you're like, I, I, I love God and I love Jesus, but I've just made some, some poor decisions that have taken me away from church or taken me away from God's people or my small group or, or, and my peace isn't what I know the Bible says I can have and maybe you need to come down here today and say, I'm, I'm rededicating my life to my God. Maybe there's some things you need to repent of and repent just means to change your mind. Maybe hearing this, you're like, I don't want what I thought I wanted. You can come down here today and you can have have them pray with you and you can repent of your sin and leave here washed white as snow. Maybe you need to come down here and pray for wisdom and discernment about your family. Maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your marriage, your kids. Maybe it's a big decision you've got in front of you and you're wondering what to do and you don't have any direction. and don't leave here today without having somebody pray for you. Because the Bible says if you ask for wisdom and you ask for understanding and you ask for discernment, he will give it to you. You might not get the answer you want, but wisdom and understanding and discernment can come to you. Your mind will begin to see a certain situation in your life differently than you're seeing it now. If you've got understanding, if you've got discernment, Those decisions get easier. If you've got wisdom, relationships get easier. And they get deeper. So come down here and ask for prayer. Don't leave here today without having someone impart faith and prayer covering over you. God's up to something, everybody. This year can be different. You can have more in 24. You can have that. But it starts with a spiritual foundation not just a good resolution. So everybody, lift your hands to the Lord and let's surrender in this moment. And when I'm done praying, the altar is open. Altar is where things come to die. You don't pick it back up and take it. You come down here and let it die at the foot of the cross. And you come take communion on either side of the room and remember the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for your life. For God, in this moment, I pray for a courage for everyone in this room to take that physical step out of their seat and walk down here and, and say, I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm ready to rededicate my life to him. I'm, I'm ready to stop making excuses for my poor choices. And I am going to make this year a year where I remember our family tree got the, got deeper spiritually because I went first. I'm not going to allow excuses or circumstance to push me around any longer. I will make a proactive decision for my faith and my home. And God, in these moments, I ask for strength and courage in every person as they walk down here, especially for those who are making Jesus Christ the Lord of their life for perhaps the very first time. May whatever the enemy is saying to them right now be canceled and the will of God prevail today in these precious moments. So, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your plan for our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing at thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.